You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Eric Stockton, VP of Demand Gen at Constant Contact and host of their brand new podcast called The Revenue Marketing Show. Eric, it's great to have you on this show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always cool to have a fellow podcaster on the show. Um, and, you know, let, let's start, start right there. Tell us a little bit about the podcast. What's it about? Uh, you know, what kind of guests you have on? That sort of thing. Yeah, so it's primarily for B2B marketers uh, that are, primar- you know, they're working through uh, some of the same challenges that I'm working through, uh, frankly. And, you know, in terms of lead generation, marketing tactics that are working, not working. Um, obviously everything's changing very quickly. So just having those conversations with marketers who are doing it well or seeing things working well, uh, and then also like seeing the trends of things that aren't working well, uh, are all really important. And we want to pull those together into a, you know, into a podcast episode that everybody else can learn from. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So what compelled you guys to start a podcast? I mean, I'm sure you have all sorts of other marketing channels. So what compelled you to get into the world of podcasting? Yeah, so it 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 actually started with my own internal need to understand our customers better. So I started as uh, the VP of demand generation for uh, the Sharp Spring brand uh, in October of of last year, so fourth quarter of last year, and um, and so what I started doing was just interviewing customers, interviewing you know folks that are in you know my particular audience that I, that could help me understand more about the product, more about how they understood things, how they, how they did their own marketing, uh, things like that. And it just sort of grew into sort of what it is today. Very cool. And so on the podcast today, are, are you, uh, are you doing the same thing? Are you interviewing customers and, and talking about, about yeah. issues in the industry, that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's probably, I don't know what the exact percentage is these days, but it's probably 20, 25% of probably existing customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of it is is industry folks that are doing the stuff, right? They're in, mm-hmm. the, they're in the trenches. They're actually doing marketing campaigns that, uh, you know, are that they're finding that are working. We're turning those into case studies to understand more about how to use um, you know, more effective marketing tactics to be able to get your job done. And, you know, it's, it's really grown into that. Uh, that's probably 70%, maybe of the percent mm-hmm. of the, of the guests these days. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, again, listeners, the podcast is called the revenue marketing show. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. And so of course, listeners, you must check it out. You got to give it a listen. So now you are, uh, VP of demand generation. And I think anyone in your position, any marketer knows, anyone in sales knows that sales and marketing really go hand in hand, or at least they should, right? But one reason why sales marketing alignment is such a kind of important topic, and in some ways a fraught topic, is it's often not aligned, right? And that's why there's such a discussion about it. So first of all, why, in fact, does it matter that a company have sales marketing alignment? Yeah, I think there's a tremendous amount of entropy in an organization that happens when you don't have that alignment, right? So 
lots of wasted time, discussion, spend, back and forth, finger pointing, organizational conflict, all of those things that really give you um, just the, the, the sense that, you know, over time, you know, if, if, if those teams aren't aligned, you know, you end up with a, um, a, just a, a huge waste of energy across the organization. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that that happens? Why, why do you think the functions get misaligned? Because it would, my, my theory, I think, is that at the early stages of a company, they're probably pretty well aligned because there, there aren't that many people, you know, like everyone kind of knows each other and everyone's kind of doing a little bit of everything. But then as a company grows and things get more specialized, things kind of naturally diverge, not just, not just marketing and sales, but kind of everything a little bit but marketing and sales too. And like, do you think, do you think that's part of the reason just like it's natural as part of growth, unfortunately, or are there other drivers? No, I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think that's part of it. I, I think the thing that really, this is just my own personal experience. So take it for what it's worth and leave the rest. Right. But at the end of the day, I think there are two fundamental reasons. One is the organization incentivizes the exact wrong business outcome that they want. So I'll start with mm-hmm. that, right? And then the second is that nobody in those organizations that are having sales and marketing alignment problems have a consistent way to measure success across the entire pipeline from marketing campaigns all the way through to close windings. So those are the two things, right? So organizational challenges. Uh, and, you know, that all gets wrapped up into things like incentive and what you're measuring and what you care about as an organization. Uh, and then this, and then again, the second thing is just really, you know, like, what is it that you're doing to have a common language across sales and marketing, you know, a- again, like across the funnel. So if it's useful for me to break that down, um, you know, in an organization at the organizational level, obviously anybody who's a non-marketing executive sales leaders, CFO, CEO, et cetera, they really only care about one thing, right? And that is how much pipeline are you creating? How much revenue is coming out the other end from a closed one deal? And, you know, they talk about things at the table like MRR, LTV, they talk about, you know, uh, CAC, dollar in, dollar out, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Where you find marketers falling down is when they can't have that conversation. Instead, what they're doing is, is they're talking about things that are campaign related, you know, things like, you know, campaign metrics and, and well, frankly, vanity metrics, in my opinion, that, that are really like, you know, engagement and, you know, these other things mm. that are important as a marketer. Please don't get me, don't, don't hear me say anything else. Like that absolutely is important as a marketer. But if you can't translate that into a conversation at the, you know, at the, you know, at a, you know, in a, in a board meeting setting or with an executive, uh, that is not a marketer, then you are going to have a real credibility problem, right? Mm. So you have to connect what it is that you are doing as a marketer to what is happening at that table that, you know, and primarily, like I said, in B2B, it's going to be pipeline created and, and close one deal. So the organization has to incentivize that, right? They have to, mm. you always want to incentivize the outcome that you're looking for. And ultimately, 
a lot of organizations are asking the wrong questions of marketers. They're saying, you know, how many leads do you have? How many unique visitors do you have? Like they're thinking about it in terms of a traditional funnel and in B2B, that's really not the right question to ask, or those are not the right questions to ask. And as we all know, like, you, you know, you sort of get what you measure, right? You know, and so if you're asking those questions, then, then the marketing team tends to orient around like, okay, those are the things that I should care about because that's what my CEO cares about. Uh, and in reality, that's not what the CEO cares about, but that, but they've, they've sort of been trained to think that way. Right. And so they ask those kinds mm. of questions, but ultimately, you know, it's funny, like how many marketers you'll, you'll appreciate this, right? How many marketers you know, are requested to generate all these reports and put all these things together to, and present them and, you know, in end of the monthly meeting or something. And this, you can just see, you can just see the CEO's eyes just start glazing over, right? After you get into it for like five mm. or 10 minutes. Uh, and I think that's part of it. The other part of it is, is like, you can also see the frustration well up, you know, in a sales leader or a CFO, CEO, when the marketing team is celebrating their wins because they hit their N2L number or they hit their whatever their mm. you know their KPIs are, but yet over here on the other side of the house, you know the sales team's half a quota and the business is struggling. Right? There's obviously a disconnect, and it starts at the top. There, right? it's, it starts at the organizational level. So I'll pause there, but you know that's mm -hmm. that's item number one on my list. Okay, that's really interesting. So. So what questions should the C-suite be asking of marketing? Yeah, so everything about marketing is, is really sort of two things, right? It's, it's how you tell the brand story, right? And the strategic narrative and why people should care about you and creating brand, you know, and, and product affinity or brand affinity around your, around your product. Um, and driving revenue. Like those are the two things, right? That's your job you know, as a marketer, it's to do those two things, tell the story and, and drive revenue. And if you can't do both of those successfully, then ultimately, you know, you're going to, to sort of have those uphill challenges that I think as marketers, we're all sort of familiar. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so in some ways then it seems kind of straightforward or, or you know, sort of common sense, like, every function in a business should be geared toward driving revenue in one way or the other, right? right. Insofar, this is a, insofar as it's a for-profit business and the whole goal is to grow revenue, right? So everyone should be working every day to, to contribute to that overall goal. So why doesn't that happen? I mean, I, th I think, and I think part of what you're saying here is, well, it's a, it's partly the leadership issue, right? Like lines, it, it needs to be made clear that, that it should be everyone's goal. And if those questions are being, or if, if marketing leaders know at the end of each quarter, they're going to need to demonstrate just that, then they'll work towards that. Yep. Am I right? But, but you're saying like, well, it's, it's not super clear to marketing leaders that that's actually what they're being measured on. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. And I, I also, I don't think that organization necessarily incentivizes that behavior. Right. Um, you know, and, so as so far as to go like as as far as like uh compensation right tying compensation mm -hmm. revenue and those sorts of things but the the kpi that we use here internally that that 
bridges the gap between marketing and sales is going to be an SQO or SQ. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so a sales qualified opportunity, a pipeline, you know, giving more of the sales team opportunities or more at-bats, right, to go and be able to close more deals. That ultimately is sort of the bridge between the two. So, and, and you ought to be able to, as a marketer, understand how your marketing contributes directly to creating more SQO, right? Yeah. And, you know, if you have, you know, the marketing activities, uh, the NQLs, you know, all of the other stuff that's sort of before the SQO stage uh, is really useful as leading indicators, but really the, the starting point, the, the, the common, you know, metric, the thing that everybody cares about is really going to be, you know, how many at-bats does the sales team have? How fast are they closing? What right, what win, weight, win rates are they closing at? What is your pipeline velocity look like? You know, all of those kinds of things are, you know, things that help you determine two things. One is, is like, you know, what do you need to be able to create the number of deals that you need, right? You can work your way backwards from that. And the other is, you know, you are able to, as a marketer, and I can't tell you how many times I see this, Jeremy, it's like um, where marketers have amazing success. Like there's just an unlocking mechanism that happens when they are able to talk about, you know, pipeline creation, SQOs, that sort of thing. The They start getting the respect of the rest of the C-suite. They start getting those conversations that are opening up between sales leaders and the feedback loop that they're looking for, amazingly, like all the finger pointing, you know, starts melting away, right? Like there's just clarity around the organization about what marketing is supposed to do and what sales is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, like I think as an organization, we spend so much time, this goes back to the entropy thing I was saying before, we spend so much time dealing and talking about the symptoms of the core problem rather than just fixing the core problem. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of wheel spinning. In other words, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. I, uh, I used to work at a large medical device company and, um, I was a copywriter and, uh, I remember talking with a, a guy in sales one time and I'd been working like for months on some piece that they would use to, you know, to give to doctors. It was like this fairly elaborate, like reference guide or something like that. Right. It took months and months and months and months. And it finally got out there in the field. And I was talking with this guy and I was like, yeah, how do you, you know, how's that going? Like, how, how are you using that piece? We said, he was like, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. We just kind of, we give it away. They just kind of throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what, what, why? And he's like, well, they don't, you know, these are like, they're too busy. They don't have, no one has time to read like a, like a 40 page manual. You know, they just want to look it up online and stuff. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, I remember it struck me like, well, of course that's the case, but it also felt pretty deflated and demoralized. Like, wow, I put a lot of work into that because, you know, my bosses were telling me that's what we're doing. And it was like for, just for like morale purposes it was pretty bad because it made me think like well what are we doing yeah you know like why then why should i really care about the projects we're doing if we don't even know if they're useful 
Yeah, I I love that example because that is absolutely right. And and so, <laughs> you know, when you when you think about um, the age old, you know, back and forth, right? So it's like I'm sending you these MQLs like marketing and sales is like, oh well, these leads are crap, right? And most of the time they're actually right. Right. Sales is absolutely mm-hmm. right. They, there's no reason they would give you as a marketing team bad feedback, right. Or misleading feedback. Now I'll argue that sales absolutely is in their head an awful lot. And right, that's why you need data to, to really mm-hmm. surface the truth, you know, the, like sort of the objectivity that you need from data to be able to tell you what's working, what's not working, but there is no, um, there's no reason why a sales team would say, or would, would sort of give the feedback to marketing, you know, incorrect feedback or, or, or what have yeah. you. Right? So it's like what they're telling you qualitatively is absolutely true. Now you might not like it as a marketer, but frankly, you know, in your gut, like in your heart of hearts, you actually know which leads that you are driving are crap right? Or low quality and which ones are really, really good. And you know that now you may not be trained to think about it that way. You may not look at it, you know, in analytics that way, you may not report on it that way. Typically what I see in reporting is like all leads are sort of treated equally. They're all routed equally. They all run through some sort of sales process, but it's really fascinating, and I, I think you'll appreciate this, but it's really fascinating. Like the sales reps, the ADs that have been around for a long time and who are really good at their job, they know better than marketing does sometimes where the right leads that are going to close faster and at higher rates. Like they know where those good leads are. They know where they're at in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the sort of in the marketing mm-hmm. ethos, you know, yeah. uh, process. And and I think that's really funny to me, right? I mean, it's like, you know, you, you see that a lot and sales sometimes knows really well, but marketing doesn't because they're not measured the same, right? And a lot of organizations yeah. are measured based on the waterfall method. Like what ends up happening is they, they sort of think about like, I've got to get 4,000 leads this month, right? Not which of those 4,000 are actually likely to close, you know? And it's not, I don't think it's intentionally deceptive, but they know which ones are going to be ones that are ultimately going to most likely have the best chance of closing. Mm-hmm. But I think it goes back to what you said before about incentives. Yes. If your incentive is, we just need to hit 4,000 one way or the other, then that's what you do. Rather than we need, you know, this many quality leads or, or sales is telling you they have to look like this. Right. And if they don't, then it doesn't really count. Well, you know, right. so, well, interesting. Um, I don't, I'm not sure we're going to solve the problem on this podcast, but uh, I think, but at least we, we had a good discussion about it raised, I think some interesting questions. In well, the, I, uh... <laughs> I don't know if it's helpful, but I have maybe a couple of suggestions. Um, okay. Well, let's, if, yeah, that's let's hear them. So, Right. So, so what can teams do to, to bridge the gap? Yeah. So I think ultimately it comes down to sort of point number two, right? If you just rewind and come back to the beginning of the conversation, 
So we talked about the problem and the organizational, you know, challenge and sort of that misalignment uh, from the top down. I, I think also, you know, we 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 have to understand how to measure as marketers what matters, and you have to connect. Just going back to what we were talking about before, if we say that the SQO is sort of that single source of truth that everybody's focused in, um, then the question becomes, okay, well, how do I create more of those SQOs that the sales team needs in order to get, you know, the, the desired outcome of I'm making this up a hundred gigs a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you know that, you know, your, your close rate is 20%, Right right? You need 500, you know, 500 of those SQOs to be able to generate a hundred close one deals. Okay. You know, so you work your way backwards and, you know, if you have a reasonably decent idea of which marketing tactics are creating those SQOs, uh, which is where everything breaks down in marketing, by the way, um, because we're all trained to think about MQLs and, and things like mm-hmm. that, uh, it cr- it makes it harder for market. It, well, that's not true. It makes it both hard and also infinitely simpler at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, somebody who's coming in, like if you take the 12 channels of, of different types of leads that you're creating every single month, Chances are, and I, I look at companies all the time, right? You know, chances are there are probably about 60 or 70% of the things that you are doing right now that are not yielding the SQOs that your sales team needs. And if you could take that 60 or 70% of that effort, time, you know, wasted spend, you know, media, call, you know, media spend, et cetera, and cut that out and actually double down on the three or four things that are really working you know, two things happen. One is you're spending less time wasting, you know, wasting team effort on things that aren't going to work. And the second thing is, is you're actually uh, compounding the improvement by doubling down on the things that are, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is, is that most marketers don't know which is which, right? You know, and so what you need is a way to be able to tie your entire funnel together, right? The CRM component along with the the marketing channels that you're doing on the front end and the, and the campaigns that you're, that are creating those, those leads. And, and that's sort of, you know, like, you know, this isn't a promo or anything, but that's sort of what we do. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, it's a scenario where if I'm a marketer and I use my own, you know, I use our own product for this, but if I'm a marketer, I want to know what are the, what are the six or seven campaigns that I'm running every single month that are creating SQOs all the way through to a close one deal? And I want to know almost better than the sales team as a marketing leader. I want to know better than the sales team, what the funnel looks like, what the pipeline looks like all the way through. And it's really, really difficult. This is what, you know, this is where I think marketers have a hard time is if we don't have a clear view all the way through the life of the lead, that's what we call it, mm-hmm. uh, from campaign all the way through to pipeline creation, SQO to a deal, then how do you know? How do you know what to optimize for? How do you know what to work on? And and I think that's the you know that's the thing that we have to sort of retrain ourselves a little bit uh, to to mm-hmm. be able to as marketers you know to 
to see that thing holistically all the way through. And, um, you know, if you can't mm-hmm. do that, then you're, you're sort of stuck doing the same things that you've been doing. Um, but mm-hmm. it is amazing. Like the most successful marketers I've seen right now are actually, that's what they're talking about, right? They're talking holistically all the way through the funnel. They center in, narrow in on the thing that sales cares about and executives care about, you know, usually that STO metric and then, you know, optimizing, optimizing for that. When you start doing that, like it's really, you know, a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Well, right. That That's a great point. It's like you're, you're no longer operating in the dark. Like you've turned on the light. Like you can say, you can see the whole thing, get the bird's eye view and actually have some intelligence rather than kind of hoping that what you're doing is making a difference. Yeah. And that's what you guys help companies do at, at constant contact. So, well, Eric, um, a lot of great stuff here. How can people reach you if they want to chat about this or anything else? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You can check me out there. Um, you know, it's just LinkedIn, you know, and Eric Stockton, uh, super, super friendly way to be able to just DM love to, obviously you can probably tell, you know, I'm, you know, I love talking about this stuff. So mm-hmm. anything I can do to help there, uh, yeah, that's, that's usually the easiest way to get a hold of me. Okay. Very cool. Well, we'll put a link to uh, your LinkedIn in the show notes as well. Right alongside the link to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure uh, talking with you, learning from you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoyed it. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.